We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your host, Johnny T, and today my guest is Ryan Johnson. Ryan's the founder and CEO of Three Sparrows Executive Services, helping small businesses empower their team members to grow from clock punchers to owners and to multiply their personal and business success. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Johnny. It's just a pleasure being here with you today. Likewise. I know that your company is called Three Sparrows, and I know that that has a biblical basis. So why don't we start with that, and then we can branch out to some other things. That sounds great. Yeah, so Three Sparrows, there's several references in Scripture about that. We take it, I say we, me and my wife, we created the name a, a couple of years back, even before we started the business. And Matthew 10, 29 through 31 talks about where Jesus is talking about, you know, even he so abundantly takes care of the sparrows. You know, they're bought for pennies on the dollar back in the day, and they were provided for abundantly. And so how much more are we provided for abundantly? So what we liked about that scripture, when we were just thinking about starting a business, we thought, okay, we feel like this is God's provision for our next part of our life. So we're going to really lean into him being the provider instead of us trying to figure it out. So that really meant a lot to us. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's amazing sometimes when we look back in the past over our course of our, our journey of faith, how God has provided in ways that sometimes can be quite surprising to us. Yeah, absolutely. It's it most of the time it's not what you think. <laughs> so <laughs> I think at Proverbs it talks about, you know, man sets his plans, but God determines his step. So it's typically not what we're going to think that it's going to be. Amen to that. So tell me about your journey of faith. Have you always had Christianity as part of your life or was that something that came later? Yeah, it's a great question. I was raised in church. You know, I was born in baby dedication and <laughs> so lifelong church member and, and always just a kid that wanted to please everybody. And so that's that's really the story is I accepted Christ in a prayer when I was four or five. I don't I don't even remember. My mom, you know, just told me, but I was such a guilty kid, you know. So every time the pastor led an invitation, I I prayed the prayer. You know, I just want to make sure it's stuck. <laughs> and uh, as I was growing up, even into high school, I, I was not bold in my faith at all. I was just hoping to go to heaven because I prayed the right prayers and did the right things. 
it didn't come until summer after my sophomore year in college. I was on a, a baseball team called Athletes in Action with Campus Crusade for mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. And that was a powerful summer. More than four or five weeks on the road with a bunch of great guys and great leaders. And they just made me realize what the Christian life was all about. And so that's when I truly realized, okay, I'm all in on this. Like this, this is, this is different than what I thought it was. I didn't realize it was supposed to be so much of a relationship and that sort of thing. And so I was just checking boxes. And so that was the summer that I really surrendered. And who knows, God's grace is so big, but I really felt like I was saved in that moment because I did surrender my desires to his finally. Yeah, it's uh, we all come to that realization. We can take the name, but it takes recognizing, as you've said, it's not a matter of just checking the right boxes. It, it's really given over lordship of our life to him. And there's a huge difference, huge Absolutely. difference in that. It's interesting when you talk about your perception of what Christianity was compared to what you saw it being mentored to you and and expressed to you and lived out before you. And I think that's so important in today's society, not only in your world, the business world and business leaders, but even as men and fathers and husbands and things like that to a world that doesn't have a lot of great examples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, the perception of, you know, Christianity gets lumped into, I think, a category of, well, just into religion. And everybody's looking for, you know, something that's going to help them in their life, almost like a, a self-help type of situation. And that's what people typically look at Christianity as, oh, that, that sounds good too. I, but I'm also going to believe in this and this and this just to just to make sure. And that's what hurts my heart is is there's so many people that don't realize that it is supposed to be a a relationship and they're chasing things to fill that God-sized hole in their heart all the time. And it doesn't seem, they they typically, they just struggle and they they don't find it. And that's what really drives me to share uh, with people about what Christ has done for me and, and my relationship with him. And I've heard it said that we're not saved to something, we're saved for something. We're, we're saved for a relationship with him, where we're saved to build his kingdom. And that's what I love to do. I, I just have a passion to use business to develop those relationships because people are open to developing relationships in business all the time. And so you get an opportunity to plant seeds all the time and, and just tell your story because everybody wants to hear your story. So I, I love that. I think it's a great place. I think Billy Graham said it years ago that he believed that the next great revival would come through the marketplace. And so that's where I want to be. And that's where I want to be ready to help. Yeah, I agree with you. There are tons of opportunities all around us. You know, we just have to eyes to see and ears to hear where God wants us to be and what he wants us to do and say to touch those lives. He brings people across our path every single day in whatever area of the marketplace or the business world that you're in or even in our own personal lives. And the onus on us is to be ready, right, to share the good news of Christ. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's no greater time with all this technology. You can influence so many people every day. You don't have to even get outside your house, which you should, but (laughs) it's so easy to connect with people locally and then all over the world. Absolutely. You talked about developing desire and skill sets in the uh, businesses that you work with, right? Mm -hmm. To help the leaders to sort of give their workers more responsibility, give their workers more of Mm -hmm. them to help the business grow. You say it as in replicating themselves through their people. But what struck me about that statement, and I wanted to ask you about that, because you say you want to train these leaders to replicate themselves through their people. And the first thought that came to my mind was about Jesus replicating himself through the disciples 
and through us. Now, is that the way that you look at it? Absolutely. Everything is discipleship to me. And that just makes sense. There's so many models out there that fit the traditional discipleship model that Jesus had. And so the more that the leader, the better the leader can pass down his traits that he feels like is best is going to help everybody involved in that business and that organization. But absolutely, that's always on my mind every day is how to become more like Jesus and then pass down the traits that he's teaching me to other people around me. So yeah, that's very close to my heart. So that's interesting that you picked up on that. It doesn't surprise me that you did. I think it's just so ingrained in, into my process. I wasn't thinking discipleship on that. But as you said it back to me, of course, I, I would say, you know, use that language because that's what I'm trying to do in, in my life right now. So, yeah, it's it's a huge influence. Yeah. And something you just said right there about not uh, when you wrote it that way, it wasn't written that way, like exactly. Mm-hmm. But the premise was there. And the heart was there. And I think that's really important for us as Christians, as leaders. When we talk to people about God, I'm coming to the place where I'm not so worried about chapter and verse. You know, what I'm passionate about is having the word living in my heart. And when it lives in our heart, then it becomes just our language, as you said. It becomes our language. And when we have conversations with people, you may be talking to somebody about the kindness and the grace of God without ever having to quote a chapter and a verse, but yet God's word never comes back void and their heart's going to resound with that. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's supposed to be a part of us. It's supposed to be oozed from our actions, our reactions, our words, everything. And and that's re- that's when you really know that you're saved because you're producing fruit. You're producing the fruits of the Spirit that it's so obvious that you're different than the world. And we know, as Jesus said, that, you know, we're going to be different. If we do the things that he tells us to do, it's going to be obvious that we don't follow what the world is saying, even though we're in the world. So, yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. When you talk about being different, just thinking about when you have these conversations with business leaders, you're stepping into an unknown corporate world. I'm sure you do your background check on the business and see if it's a good fit for the kind of work that you want to do with them. But you're always stepping into some unknowns. So what do you see as the biggest struggles? Let's say a business leader is listening to this right now and they're starting to think, well, maybe they've got some valid points here that I need to listen to. What do you see as the biggest struggles for a business leader in the secular corporate world transitioning to a Christian-focused corporate world? Yeah, there's a lot of challenges, especially in the area of just how you handle personnel. You know, there's so many politically correct things out there that you have to abide by in hiring laws and how you react to certain things that they do. And that's pretty murky these days. You know, it's pretty scary because it's so important to have a great policy handbook. (laughs) It just says, this is who we are, you know, have your value points out there, just lead out there. So you'll attract the people that you want to attract. Because when it gets smirky is when you you look like you're pretty standard, but then all of a sudden you fly in and say, well, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And and they didn't know. That's when people typically get pretty upset. I've found if someone's trying to really set themselves apart with their business, I call it business as mission for the kingdom. If they're really trying to do that, then they have to be really upfront, I think, 
That's why I feel about it and their values and just really lead with that and say, listen, we're a Christian company, but we're going to treat you fair. You don't have to be a Christian to work here, but this is what we believe. And this is how we're going to treat you and go from there. But you do have to lead out front with that or else people tend to get really, really upset when they feel like they've been misled a little bit. Well, I think that's a really important point too. And, and yours isn't the first business where the owner that I've interviewed, and I have seen other companies where they actually have like a, a statement of faith, their mm-hmm. business webpage. So it is, as you said, it's right up front. So people mm-hmm. know exactly where you're coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. There's a lot of different ways to do it. You know, I, I'm a solopreneur myself. And so it's in my bio and different things. It's in the, you know, the verse. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, there's a lot of creative ways that you can do it, but that's a great way. Uh, typically your vision, your mission, uh, at least your vision statement is a good place to, to house those beliefs in there as well. I love statement of faith. And then I love in the hiring process, really being transparent with what you believe. So I have one client that's just so upfront about it, praise at every meeting and and he just attracts Christian people. Now, they're not all Christian, but typically most people that work for him are, are Christian. Not that he's trying to weed it out, but that, I think that's just the way it is. People either typically want to work at a Christian company or they don't, and they'll make that decision up front. Yeah, 100%. And as you say, when you're up, like, we shouldn't be hiding our light under a bushel anyway. And as you said earlier, like God is our provider and, and we live and work for him. We're not working for any one company or even for ourselves. We're working for him. So why would we want to hide that? Let's let's be upfront about it, as you said, and encourage those around us to see the value of putting God first in our work life and our, in our personal life. That's right. And see, that's the only way to be for sure. And when you do that, I think people really appreciate when you live what you practice, what you preach, essentially, whether they agree with you or not, they're going to respect you at least. Absolutely. So when you've worked with some of these other companies, uh, what do you find as part of an effective leader? What would you give as an example of some effective leadership that you've seen? Yeah, a great leader is somebody that's, that's really empathetic, really cares for people. Doesn't mean they have to make every decision that everybody likes all the time, but they care enough to listen and they care enough to respond appropriately to people's concerns and they don't get defensive. And it's hard sometimes when you're working hard as the leader and things aren't maybe going right. And people have criticisms and it's really hard to navigate, but we have to keep ourselves under control and really understand how we react to our emotions. And as scripture says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And that's the Christian business owner game plan. The world talks about emotional intelligence, which that's a real thing. God has given us emotional intelligences. But the big part of that is just awareness of what you're feeling before it comes out of your mouth and uh, be able to hold on to it and make sure you filter it through God's word before it flies. And it takes a lot of discipline to do. And I think that's probably one of the biggest struggles that I've found or differences from really good leaders and ones that just struggle is if they're either really emotional because they have a great vision and they're powerful and they can make things grow. But those leaders have to really be careful because they can do a lot of damage as well, too. So just really willing to listen and and learn and understand what people think and work with them. Yeah, it's easy to polarize a workforce. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) they either embrace what you're selling or or they get their backs up and say come hell or high water not a chance of my buying into that absolutely (laughs) yeah i've seen Uh, that a number of times over the years for sure so tell me about one of the biggest successes that you've seen through your business with another group of leaders the last client that i had 
They were a property management group and one really good friend of mine, another one I just met through him, and they're both different personalities. And it, it was fun getting in there, both Christians, strong, strong believers, which was good. They needed just a lot of operations help and someone that could sort out everything that was going on, making sure everybody knew what to do when they were supposed to do it. And not everybody was a Christian in the business. Most were. And so I was able to, to really just get in there and uh, be that listening ear for the, the leadership team. You know, they were the two co-founders that had a lot going on and they needed to be able to step away and, and do higher level things. And so that was fun coming in to really understand what their struggles were, their vision was, and then hear and listen to their management team and then pull them together. And it's quite interesting when you listen to both sides, they both have frustrations for each other, about each other. But the fun part is just listening. Like I said before, if you can really just listen and connect the dots, everybody really wants to get along and wants to do things right. It's just they're missing on different levels because they get emotional about things and they don't see things moving and getting done. So that was a lot of fun just to be in the middle. So um, my position is typically like the integrator of operations, but also can be a good counselor type of position because I'm the right hand person of the leaders and co-founders. And then also trying to fight for the employees, too, because I understand if the employees are motivated and they're happy, mm -hmm. then they're going to take on the, the vision of the company and really push it forward. You know, the founders are the engine, but, you know, they're the machine that makes it go. So that was a lot of fun, bringing everybody together and getting everybody clicking all cylinders. And, and you just see the energy come back into the team. That was really rewarding for me to see. Sounds like we could apply that process to the uh, churches in the world. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, a lot there's of miscommunication. Going there's on. a lot of emotion between the different denominations. Yeah. <laughs> but Jesus says we'll all be one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, way too many denominations out there, that's for sure. And you know, I can't help but think that you talked about, well, people might not want to go and work at a company. It makes me think about people that don't know the Lord and they look at the disparity in mm -hmm. the church and say, well, why, do I, why would I want to go there? They can't even get along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's the same thing in business. Yeah, that's nothing, nothing messes things up more than disharmony when you're not unified. Yeah, and it, unfortunately, I've been around uh, both sides, you know, non-Christian companies that are extremely unified and extremely good to their people and then Christian companies that aren't. And it's just really sad to see. That's not the way it should be. So yeah, people know. They'll pick up on it right away. Your clients, your customers, if there's anything going on, somehow that's, that negativity is going to get out to the clients and the customers and you'll start leaking business before you know it. <laughs> you yeah. won't even know where it's coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I think that you could apply your principle solely on the spiritual side and start going and talking to churches. You should think and pray about that. Yeah, you never know. It's definitely something I want. Discipleship's a big thing for me. And uh, mm -hmm. I actually have a pretty bold vision that I want to be part of. I'm already a part of a men's discipleship group at my church. And we've we've discipled so many different men inside and outside the church. But now I really want to move into the marketplace. So I'd love to be a part of discipling a thousand men in the next five years uh, through just business, just finding these CEOs and, and Christian business owners that want to make a difference and do it right and really show Jesus in the workplace. And that's an exciting vision that God's given me. And, and I'm just praying for the opportunity to be able to do that. Amen. Yeah. So if people want to find out more about your business, where would they go? Yeah. Three Sparrows, uh, the number three, and then Sparrows, es.com. And they'll be able to see everything that I'm doing there and connect with me on LinkedIn. So three Sparrows, es.com. 
Okay. And do you have any sort of free guide or free roadmap that people can maybe start with or something like a questionnaire to kind of self-evaluate to see where they are versus where they should be type of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I have just uh, three steps to scale your business past 10 million right now, but also I'm working on an assessment to attach into that free download. So if they go to threesparrowses.com, they'll be able to download that guide or on my LinkedIn profile. Cool. Okay. One final question. What's the one thing you would tell people about God? Oh man, the one thing. Well, we're going through a study at, at, at our church and I would I would say, I think I have to really zone in on how holy he is. If you understand how holy God is, you, you understand why he does things that he does and why we need Jesus. And so, yeah, I would encourage people to really dive into to God's holiness and find out why we're so desperate for a savior like Jesus. And I'll, I'll just I'll just stop there because I could keep going for sure. Yeah, well, that's, you know, the basis of who God is, right? And I remember reading just, I think it was in Proverbs just the other day about wisdom and understanding. And wisdom is the fear of the Lord and understanding is to depart from the evil things and the, the ways of man. Absolutely. That's yeah. so hard for people to do too. It's just people don't want to surrender to a holy God. And that's the crux. That's what's keeping people from relationship with the holy God. So I just pray that uh, people will see Jesus in us. Amen. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you and God bless you and Three Sparrows. Yeah. Thanks again, Johnny. This was a pleasure.
enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.